What's going on guys? Welcome back to Progress Not Perfection, your daily podcast about fitness, nutrition, and a little bit of life sprinkled in the mix. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had an amazing weekend. If you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, go check it out. I talked about boredom eating and how to control your food environment as well as how to deal with sugar cravings and curb your cravings. So super valuable episode. Go check that one out. Today I want to talk a little bit about emotional eating and how to not handle emotional eating and how to handle emotional eating. So first bullet point I have here is how to not handle emotional eating. Number one is restrict more. So a lot of people when they eat emotionally, right? Like let's say your thing is for me personally, like if I am emotionally eating, I will go into the cupboard and see what I have. Now, chances are my food environment is so good because if you listen to yesterday's podcast, I control my food environment, but I still have foods in the house that curb my cravings, right? So for me, chocolate is a big one. Chocolate is a big one, right? And especially like super palatable chocolate, like Reese's peanut butter cups around Halloween time when I have that Halloween candy in the house that is like the ultimate challenge for my relationship with food right like can I have just one to two of those a day those small fun size bars and track it in my calories and not sneak more of them and not track them because the only person I'm being dishonest with is myself right but the main thing is do not restrict more because chances are If I tell myself, no, that candy's for Halloween, I'm not allowed to open it, it just needs to sit there, and I restrict, and I restrict, and every time that thought comes into my head, I restrict, and every time that thought comes into my head, I restrict. Well, guess what? Eventually, that bag is going to get open. Eventually, I'm going to not only have one or two, I'm going to have probably 10 or 12 pieces of that candy. And guess what? None of it's going to get tracked. And chances are I'm going to feel guilty. So that is my second tip on what not to do is number two is don't feel guilty, right? If you have five to ten pieces of little chocolate squares, it is nothing to feel guilty about. You are a fucking human being. And these foods were literally created for the human mind and the human palate to be completely addicted to them, right? Like when you have foods that are high in dietary fat and they're high in sugar, right? Those two combinations are completely addicting. Fat and sugar, right? So this is why foods like a Snickers bar are like amazing, but you can't stop eating them, right? An Oreo. Think about an Oreo. Right? There's no fucking protein in an Oreo. There's no protein in a Reese's peanut butter cup. You are literally just getting carbs and fat. And this is why the American diet is so messed up is because we are eating all of these foods with so much carbs and fat. Look at the average American's diet, right? They eat tons of processed cereal in the morning with lots of carbs and lots of fat very 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 little protein protein is what helps us keep full right so very very little protein very little nutrients for breakfast and then the average lunch is probably some sort of sandwich right you could go to jimmy like the average person is probably going to like subway or jimmy john's 
most of these sandwiches have like 30 or 40 grams of fat and like maybe maybe 20 grams of protein and like 100 grams of carbs maybe 80 grams of carbs i mean it's crazy so literally for the day you have gotten 20 grams of protein maybe 30 right and then for dinner what do people have right they have a burger which is pretty much carbs and fat, right? Like the, the burger patty itself is usually some high fat percentage beef patty with like, you know, maybe it's a 70-30 patty and cheese and bacon and mayo on the bun. And then the fries have a ton of fat that they're cooked in, right? And very, very little protein as well, maybe 20 grams of protein. So you're talking about maybe 50 grams of protein for somebody who weighs anywhere from 160 to 220 pounds, 50 grams of protein for the day and tons. I mean, literally maybe 150, 200 grams of fat and 200 grams of carbs and 50 grams of protein. This is not what we want. This is not the ideal macro percentages to help us lose weight, right? Ideally, that person, let's say they weigh 180 pounds, they'd be eating 180 grams of protein, some carbs, and some fat, right? But mainly, the calories are centered around protein. The meals are centered around protein. So instead of having that cereal in the morning, what you could have is you could have a bowl of oats with some protein powder in it, or maybe a protein shake on the side, which would just up the protein a little bit. That'd be a super easy, convenient breakfast. Um, for lunch, you could have you could have a sandwich as well, but you could have something like turkey breast or roast beef, something that has a low uh, dietary fat value, and then like light mayo or even just mustard. On the side, maybe a side salad with some very, very light dressing or maybe some even zero calorie dressing if you're in a deficit, right? I personally like those Greek yogurt dressings. The uh, Bolt House Farms are like 40 calories per serving. And then for dinner, you could have a stir fry. You could have fried rice, whatever. Just control the amount of oil you put in your food, right? You don't need to drizzle oil all over the pan. All you need is maybe a teaspoon or two of oil, which we're talking about less than 100 calories worth of cooking oil. Or if you're in a deficit, it's really not even worth it to use oil. I like to use spray oil like Pam or whatever, avocado oil. Spray avocado oil is great. And you could throw some chicken breast, ground chicken, turkey, turkey breast, um, ground turkey, lean ground beef whatever in the mix and then instead of <laughs> using a ton of eggs for the egg fried rice you could use uh like one egg or two eggs and then egg whites you could add in more egg whites even up the protein even more so that example i just gave you is like maybe 180 grams of protein right there and then if you're struggling to get even more protein what you can do is have uh, protein shake in between meals and then for dessert like let's say you have a sweet tooth after dinner because most people do I do <clears throat> try my berry concoction bowl which is pretty much just a bunch of frozen berries in a bowl put it on defrost you can add some low-fat cool whip or fat-free cool whip on top 
Um, but me, myself, I just eat it how it is. And then I have one square of dark chocolate. That curbs my sweet tooth. And then I am ready for bed. All right. So don't feel guilty. I went off on a tangent there. But I feel like that was super good information for a lot of you guys. Number three, what not to do when emotional eating is try to burn it off or compensate. So this is something I used to do when I was on keto. When I would cheat on my keto, I would fast the next day, right? I would try and just not eat anything. Don't just fast, just fast, just starve myself, right? Or I would go on the treadmill for like two hours, three hours, and just like on a super high incline, super fast, and just like walk it off. Be like, oh, I'm just burning off all those carbs, right? Because I feel guilty. And it's, this creates a terrible relationship with food. It creates a terrible relationship with exercise that will take years and years to repair. So do not do this. Number, I think it's number four. Yeah, number four, don't act like it won't happen again. Okay, because chances are it will happen again. And the more often it happens, the more often you recognize it, the more often you're able to forgive yourself and move on and just get back on track, the easier it is for you to just deal with it. You know, yes, I'm an emotional eater. Yes, it is something that I deal with. Yes, it is something that I manage well. Okay, I'm still an emotional eater. There are still times when I will emotionally eat, but it's no longer a coping tool or coping mechanism for me anymore. I'm more of a boredom eater, tell you the truth. So boredom for me is not a good thing. So here's how to handle emotional eating. I told you guys what not to do. Here's what to do. Number one, hold space for the negative emotions and don't hide them. Actually feel them, which is hard. So negative emotions are the root cause. You have to deal with the root cause. You didn't gain weight because everything in your life was going well. You gained weight because you were dealing with a void and how you coped with that void, how you coped with those feelings, maybe they're feelings of insecurity, inadequacy, maybe you dealt with trauma from a loss, maybe you had some sort of trauma, you had some sort of thing that you were stuffing down, some emotions that you were stuffing. So when you stuff emotions, you end up stuffing your face. Some people turn to drug addiction, some people turn to food. This is super common. You shouldn't feel bad about it. But hold space for those negative emotions. Allow them to come, recognize them, and allow them to pass. Understand that negative emotions will always pass. This too shall pass. Negative emotions will always pass. Remember, feelings are not forever. Number two, when the desire to emotionally eat hits, replace eating with journaling or meditating about what you're feeling. Okay, so this is super important as well. A lot of my clients will go over their calories and they'll, they'll kind of write it off, you know, they'll be like, because a lot of them understand not to beat themselves up, right? But they'll kind of write it off and be like, oh, it was a crazy day yesterday. And then <clears throat> they send their calories, maybe their calorie target is 2000 and they ate like 3000 and they're like, crazy day yesterday, I was really hungry. And it's like, were you really that hungry? Because uh, 3,000 calories is a lot, you know? Or was there something deeper going on? So when the desire to emotionally eat hits, writing down why you're feeling this way, what you're feeling, get to the root cause. 
don't just eat your feelings and then the next day say get back on track right because it's stupid to just push that stuff down because it's gonna happen more often and more often and more often until you address the real issue with what the fuck is going on number three forgive yourself and prepare for it next time because it'll happen again so forgiving yourself is about compassion it's about being able to say hey you know what i'm a i'm a human being and this shit is gonna happen i'm gonna emotionally eat but how can i prepare for this next time maybe it's having that journal right in front of you right to remind you like oh man i really want to go downstairs and eat you know my kids reese's puffs just eat a bunch of them i just want to grab a handful of chips out of the bag and stuff my face because I don't like the way I'm feeling, right? I feel shitty about my body. I feel I'm not making progress, blah, blah, blah. Fuck it. If you feel that way, write it down. Use a journal and write it down. Understand what those emotions, what's happening. Forgive yourself if you if it does happen. Forgive yourself and then prepare next time. So that's that's really the end of my tips, and I feel like it's it's a it's a subconscious pattern that goes on autopilot. Emotional eating is a subconscious pattern. Anytime you have a pattern, you have to you have to replace that pattern with a new pattern, right? So the main takeaway is replace the emotional eating with journaling, and then sit in those feelings. You don't have to act on it. One thing that really really helped me. When I felt like emotional eating, just going into the cupboard, even after I've eaten all my calories for the day, all my calories are gone, but I still want to go into the cupboard and just see what's going, right? And I don't even realize that it's emotional eating. I don't even realize it. I give myself 15 minutes. I set a timer on my phone and I say, if I still want to do this in 15 minutes, I'm going to allow myself to do it. But if I don't, then I'm not going to. 99.99999% of the time, I do not do it. I set that timer. I sit. I think about what I'm feeling. And I really reflect, reflect on it. I think about it. And then usually there's something coming up that I need to write about. That I need to talk to somebody about. It may be things that are super under the surface, right? Like maybe I'm having fears about my business. Maybe I'm having relationship issues with somebody. Maybe I have a conflict with a friend that needs to be resolved. Maybe I'm worried about my mom. Maybe I'm worried about my job. Maybe I'm worried about one of my clients. Maybe I I wish that I could help somebody that I'm not able to help, right? Maybe I feel like I'm not doing enough. Maybe I feel like I have imposter syndrome. Where are these feelings coming from, right? Write them down. Get to the root issue because the issue is not, oh, I was just super hungry. That's not the issue. That's what your brain wants to tell you is the issue. But that's not the issue. So hopefully this was helpful. I know it was. Um, If you listen to this all the way through, I love you. I appreciate you. And... Let me know you're here. Leave me a review. If this if this podcast is helping you out in any way, 
leaving a written review with Apple Podcasts means the world to me. I love that you guys have been putting in all the five-star reviews. It really, really means the world to me as well. But leaving a written review means even more. So I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.